Welcome to the Three P's of Cancer podcast, where we'll discuss prevention, preparedness, and progress in cancer treatments and research. Brought to you by the University of Michigan Rogel Cancer Center. I'm Scott Redding. Today, we're talking with surgical oncologist Dr. Hari Nathan about pancreatic cancer. Hi, I'm Dr. Hari Nathan. I'm a surgical oncologist at Michigan Medicine. I'm the chief of the division of hepatopancreatobiliary surgery, and I'm the surgical director of the pancreatic cancer clinic here at the Rogel Cancer Center. What are key signs and symptoms for pancreatic cancer? Pancreas cancer can arise in various parts of the pancreas, and depending on where it starts, it may cause different symptoms. So for tumors that start on the right side of the pancreas or the head, classically those tumors will cause patients to become jaundiced without abdominal pain. However, they may also cause pancreatitis. They may also cause unexplained weight loss. Tumors that start on the left side of the pancreas, the body or the tail, can get to be pretty large before they even cause any symptoms. In some cases, they may cause pain, they may push on the stomach and cause difficulty eating, or they may cause no symptoms at all. We hear a lot that you get pancreatic cancer and it's like a death sentence, but it gets detected late. Can there be long-term survival for pancreatic cancer patients? So historically, pancreatic cancer has been associated with a very poor prognosis, and that had to do with various factors. One had to do with the fact that the operation to remove pancreas cancer is a very complicated one, and in the past, the mortality rate just with the operation was very high. The other reason that pancreas cancer has been difficult to treat in the past is that we didn't historically have very good adjunct treatments like chemotherapy. So both of those things have changed more recently over the past few decades. The operations to take them out, while still complex, can be done safely in high-volume centers. And we have additional treatments like more effective chemotherapy that can also help. So in the past, many people thought pancreatic cancer was a death sentence, but that's not necessarily the case anymore. Unfortunately, the majority of patients who we see still are not candidates for surgery because the disease is too advanced. But for those patients who are candidates for surgical removal of the tumor, there absolutely are and can be long-term survivors. And our hope is that every patient we operate on will be a long-term survivor. You touched on this a little bit, but what treatment options are there for pancreatic cancer? So the key to treatment of pancreatic cancer is multimodality treatment. And so we know that, first of all, surgery is the only curative treatment. However, surgery alone only gets you so far. And we know that to maximize cure rates and survival, we need to use multimodality treatment. And what that means is a combination of surgery, chemotherapy, and in some cases, radiation treatment. So the key to maximizing the chances of cure and long-term survival for patients is to make sure that they get all the necessary elements of treatment. And so what we've started to do over the last couple of years is actually give many of these patients some of their chemotherapy up front. And the main goal of that is to make sure that in the course of their overall treatment for pancreas cancer that they receive all the critical elements of treatment. And so giving some of the chemotherapy up front helps to maximize the chance that they'll be able to complete the entire course of treatment. How is pancreatic cancer research changing treatment and survival? So I think that the key advances in pancreatic cancer treatment over the last two decades have been the development of more effective systemic treatments. So we've known how to do the operations to remove these tumors safely 
for the last 30 years or so. And we know that being treated in a high volume center that does a lot of these by surgeons who do a lot of these is the best way to get through the operation safely. But we also know that adding effective systemic treatments is key to maximizing long-term survival. And so the advances that we've seen over the last 20 years or so in the treatment of pancreas cancer have to do both with giving patients more effective chemotherapeutic agents, but also developing strategies to make sure that patients are actually able to receive the entire intended course of chemotherapy. And that involves both treatment by an expert medical oncologist who can manage the side effects of treatment, but also in some cases, delivering some of the chemotherapy upfront before we do surgery in order to maximize the chance of getting the entire course of treatment. You have talked a few times about high volume of surgical procedures and that it's much more successful. Can you explain what those surgical procedures are and what constitutes high volume? The surgical procedure that most people think of when they think of pancreatic cancer is the Whipple operation. And the Whipple operation is really for tumors that arise on the right side or the head of the pancreas. It's not necessarily the operation that every patient with pancreatic cancer needs. But it is definitely one of the more complex operations that we do in gastrointestinal surgery. And many of the advances over the last 30 years or so have had to do with refining the technique of that operation so that we do it more safely. But what we know from multiple studies that have looked at this is that Patients have the best outcomes when they're operated on at institutions and by surgeons that have the appropriate expertise in doing this operation. And the best way to assess that is to look at the volume of patients that those institutions treat. And that's really a surrogate. It's really a surrogate for the familiarity of the surgeon with the operation and dealing with difficult situations or complications that may arise. It's the familiarity of the anesthesiology team, of the other specialists like gastroenterologists and interventional radiologists. It's the familiarity of the nursing team and the others who treat the patient while they're in the hospital, of both knowing what a normal recovery after one of these complex operations look like, and also being very attuned to when there may be deviations from that so that we can recognize complications early. What differentiates high volume high-quality institutions for pancreas surgery from lower-volume, lower-quality institutions is not that we don't have any complications. Everybody who does these operations will have some complications. But the key is recognizing those complications early and treating them aggressively. And that is where, time and time again, we find that institutions that do a lot of these operations have a better track record in terms of saving patients from those complications than institutions that don't. There's no magic number as to how many uh, somebody should have to do in order to attain the appropriate expertise. I think that when you're talking to a surgeon, you want to make sure they're doing at least 20 or so of these operations per year. And usually what that means is that their institution is also going to be doing a significant number per year. When in doubt, you can always get more than one opinion. You can always compare what kind of volume and expertise one place has versus another. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that, and in fact, I would highly encourage it to shop around a little bit and get the most expert treatment you can have access to. Are there preventive measures for pancreatic cancer? Of course, there are elements of healthy living that we know help reduce the risk of all kinds of cancers, so not drinking to excess, 
not smoking or using other tobacco products, eating a healthy diet, getting exercise, all of these things are important. However, most of the cases of pancreas cancer that we see are not the result of any particular environmental or behavioral factor that we can identify. Most of them are not the result of any kind of inherited genetic syndrome. In most cases, unfortunately, pancreas cancer and many other cancers are just the result of bad luck. And there's not necessarily any one thing that we can tell people to do to absolutely prevent themselves from getting pancreas cancer, aside from just trying to live a healthy lifestyle in general. What can a patient expect coming here for treatment? So at the University of Michigan, our approach to pancreas cancer, number one, is to provide hope to patients across the board. And certainly, we hope that patients, when they come to us, are in a situation where they're still candidates for curative treatment, including surgical resection. But even if they're not candidates for curative treatment, we think it's really important to be able to offer patients hope uh, to find a way to maximize the quantity and quality of their life going forward. What all patients can expect when they come to the University of Michigan for treatment is that they will get a multimodality approach to their treatment that will be coordinated by experts who all treat a high volume of pancreatic cancer patients and have expertise in the field. And so typically, patients will meet with a medical oncologist. They will also meet with a surgeon in order to review what the surgical options may be, what role chemotherapy would play, and how all of those things should be coordinated. We also believe strongly that whenever possible, patients should get treated close to home if the appropriate expertise and facilities exist. And so coming here for a consultation doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be coming back and forth to and from Ann Arbor for the duration of your treatment. We often are able to coordinate care so that patients can receive some components of their treatment, such as chemotherapy, closer to home. When it comes time to, for example, needing an operation where it really is important that it be done here at our hospital, then we can coordinate that with your local medical oncologist to make sure you're coming here only when you absolutely need to make the drive to Ann Arbor. The other thing we've incorporated over the last couple of years is a lot of telemedicine. So many of our consultations and ongoing visits can be done by video. And this also is something that can prevent patients from having to travel unnecessarily. Um, so for example, if it's a conversation with me at the outset of somebody's diagnosis, um, we don't necessarily have to make you drive five hours to Ann Arbor. We can have that conversation, get you plugged in with a local medical oncologist to start chemotherapy, and then have you actually make the drive when it's closer to the time of your actual surgery. So we want to make sure that in a time that's obviously very stressful for patients, very anxiety-provoking, that we do whatever we can to make that process simple to try to provide as much care as possible close to home and to try to provide whatever other support we can to try to make this time a little bit easier. What advice would you want people to know about pancreatic cancer? I think the main thing for people to keep in mind about pancreatic cancer is that the treatment has changed significantly over the last few decades. People should no longer regard it as a death sentence for all patients. There is absolutely hope for patients with pancreatic cancer. There is absolutely a chance of cure for many patients. And the key to maximize those chances is to be treated by people who are experts in the field, who see a high volume of patients. And that's not only 
to determine whether somebody is a candidate for curative therapy, such as surgery, but also to make sure that that therapy is delivered in the safest, most expert way possible. So what I would encourage all patients who are confronted with this diagnosis to do is to seek out the most expert care that they possibly can, get multiple opinions, ask critical questions, and make sure that the people who are treating you have the appropriate expertise to try to get the best treatment for you and to make sure that we maximize the chance of cure and long-term survival. Are there any misconceptions out there about pancreatic cancer that people should be aware of? I think there are a couple of common misconceptions that I hear from patients when they first come to meet me with a new diagnosis of pancreas cancer. And the first is that all patients do poorly and all patients die of this disease. And that is not true. Unfortunately, it still is an aggressive cancer and the majority of people uh, still will succumb to the disease. But we absolutely do have instances where we're able to cure patients with pancreas cancer and achieve long-term survival. And as year after year goes by, we get better and better at this. And so I would encourage all patients who have this diagnosis to seek out the most expert care you can find at a place that does a lot of pancreatic surgery and sees a lot of patients with pancreas cancer because there absolutely is hope for patients with this disease. And part of our job is to try to make sure that we maximize the hope and the chance of cure for every patient that we see. A second misconception that many patients come in with is the idea that pancreas surgery is the most terrible thing that could ever happen to you. And while granted, these are complex operations, and sometimes patients do have complications, I think everyone needs to be careful of what they read on the internet. Some of the historical data and outcomes from pancreatic surgery are no longer relevant. We've come a long way in terms of making these operations safer, refining the technique, and making sure that patients can make a full recovery and attain a good quality of life when they recover from the operation. But the other thing that's important is that institutions that do a lot of this type of operation do the operations faster, with less blood loss, with a shorter hospital stay, and with lower mortality rates than institutions that don't do a lot. So when you're reading on the internet, or if you meet with someone, for example, who doesn't do a lot of these operations, you may get one impression of what it looks like to have pancreatic cancer surgery. But it's really important to meet with someone who does a lot of this so they can give you a little bit more of an up-to-date and realistic assessment of what the operation and recovery look like. And it may be useful in some cases to seek out a patient support group in order to actually talk to patients who have had these operations and to understand that although recovery can be difficult for the first couple of months, that as patients get further out, they can live very full and active and essentially normal lives, except without their pancreas cancer. What advice would you give someone who is recently diagnosed with pancreatic cancer? So if a patient is recently diagnosed with pancreas cancer, I think there's a couple of things that are really important to keep in mind. First, you want to seek out the most expert care that you can possibly access, and that means being treated at an institution and by providers who see a high volume of pancreatic cancer patients and do a high volume of pancreatic cancer surgery. The other element of treatment that's extremely important is that we know that the best outcomes are achieved when patients receive what's called multimodality treatment. And that means not only that a patient has surgery to remove the tumor, 
but that they also receive chemotherapy in order to try to prevent the tumor from coming back, and in many cases, radiation treatment. And being treated by expert providers who can both recommend the state-of-the-art treatments in each of these domains, but also try to make sure that a patient is able to complete all of the intended treatment is really key to maximizing the chance of cure and long-term survival. Thank you for listening, and tell us what you think of this podcast by rating and reviewing us. If you have suggestions for additional topics, you can send them to cancercenter at med.umich.edu or message us on Twitter at umrogocancer. You can continue to explore the three P's of cancer by visiting rogocancercenter.org. Mm-hmm.